0: It said, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And then in Psalms 119, in verse 105, he said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. And so uh, just to recap real quickly uh, tonight, what we talked about on Sunday morning, we learned the importance of the path that we are on. There are certain paths that lead to regret, and there are other paths that will lead you to joy. And it doesn't matter where you are in life, we know that uh, we are either on a path that is leading us to regret or we're on a path that is leading us to joy. Joy is the opposite of regret, amen? And so we also learn that direction, not intention, determines our destination. There's a lot of people that's got good intentions that end up in a place of regret because they had good intentions, but their good intentions are not good enough, right? And so we have to have more than good intentions, but it's the direction that we're going. And if we are not good, getting the desired results from our life, then what we must do is change the direction that we are going. Amen. And so the message of the gospel, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent means to change directions. And so we learn that regret is a world that of what might have been, if only, right? And we talked about Sunday morning, if only we would have uh, accepted Christ earlier, if only, if only. But you see, if only isn't going to get it done. We have to understand that we've got to change from here on out the direction that we are taking. And so tonight I want to move forward. Tonight I want to leave the past behind. Tonight I want us to move forward into the promise of God, to the purpose of God that he has ordained for our life. But uh Before I get there, I want to talk to a few minutes to explain why we end up in regret. I want to talk about the heart of the matter. Our problem stems from the fact that sometimes we are not on a quest for truth. Amen. We are on a quest for happiness. And we are not on that real quest for that truth. Amen. Amen. And so we, what we are on is a quest for happiness. We want to be, we want to feel, we want to be happy. And our quest for happiness often trumps the anticipation or the desire for truth in our life. Uh, let's just look at a few examples tonight. You know, uh, I'll pick on the ladies first. You know, always ladies first because I'm a gentleman. And, uh, but, you know, shopping, right? Why uh, you have perfectly good clothes in your closet, why would you go buy more clothes? You can only wear, you know, certain things unless your destiny. You can only wear one set of clothes at a time. Uh, she can do it three. Uh, but you, you only have a certain amount of clothes that you wear at one time. So why would you have to go buy new clothes? Well, the answer is simple because when you wear something that's new and stylish, you feel better about yourself. You're happy, right? You have cell phone. How many of us have got into a contract and we lost money because we wanted a new phone? We, sometimes we even carry two of them for a while, two contracts because we wanted that new phone. So we went in and got another contract. I ain't got nobody honest up in here tonight. And, and, and we'll pay that extra money, right, just to, just to get that new phone. And, and we ask, have to ask ourselves the question, what can that phone do that the one in my pocket can't do? Uh, uh, but the truth of it is, is that new phone, it makes us feel like that we're up with the times. That makes us feel like that we've, you know, we're up to date and all of that. Uh, you know, another thing is, and it's one of my deals, is new cars, I am proud of myself. I've had my car, my truck for over six years. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm going for a record. (laughs) I've had to put tires on this thing. (laughs) I usually trade them in before I have to put new tires on. But, uh, but, you know, the vehicle, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's going great. But we look and we see with our eyes, we see that new vehicle. And, and we think, you know, man, I'd love to have that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with the one we've got. But it, it, we don't even have to necessarily be able to pay for it. We just want it. And we'll go out there on debt, right, a- and get it. And, and it just why So it makes us happy for a while. But the point that I want you to understand is, is when happiness points in one direction and wisdom and truth and integrity and common sense point in another direction, that's when smart people start doing really dumb things. Amen? And and that's when happiness quest becomes dangerous. The problem with happiness quest is what makes you happy today will not necessarily make you happy tomorrow. Amen? If you carry a credit card debt that, that... Is so old that you don't even remember what you purchased with it. Huh? And and it made you happy then. But how's it making you feel now, baby? It it don't mean just because you got the gratification and made you happy then that you're still going to be happy tomorrow. Amen? Spending is just one area. Amen? Eating is another. Why do we eat? It makes us happy. Then one day we look in the mirror and we're not so happy anymore. So we get on a diet and we exercise and we work ourselves to death to get back in shape. And it makes us happy for a while. And we're on this roller coaster. Why does this happen? It's because why do smart people do uh, things that they regret? It's because we lie to ourselves. The Bible says that the heart is the deceit so deceitful who shall know it. He says that it's the most wicked part of our body. Geographically speaking, you, can, you can't get into uh, a place unless, uh, or get to a place unless you know where you are to begin with. If you don't know where you are, how are you going to get somewhere? And if I'm not as honest with myself, and if I will lie to myself, then how am I going to get from where I am to where I need to be? amen you see similar uh, you uh, similar similar to that is you cannot get in life where you need to go if you're always in self deception amen It makes you uh, think that even though that that you're in one place, that you're in another place. It makes you think that things aren't as bad as what they appear. It makes you feel and you lie to yourself and say, well, I can handle this. I can do it by myself. I can make it on my own. When the truth of it is, is we can't even live or breathe unless God breathes into us. Amen. This kind of self-talk and self-deception will lead us down a road where that we can continually stay totally lost amen and so we have to be honest with ourselves in where we are so we can get to where we need to go and if we're not willing to do that then we will stay lost amen And so we have to understand that if we're going to get to where that we need to go, we've got to first determine where we are, even how good, bad, or ugly it may be, and say to God, God, this is where I am, and I'm going to break this vicious cycle in my life so that I can get out of where I am and get to where you are calling me to be, right? Amen. Psalms 32 and verse 1 through 8. It said, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I keep silent, my bones grow old through the groaning of all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, Uh, my vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I was acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. And I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And I will guide you with my eye. Praise God. Let me ask you this. Is there something in your past that you wished you could take back? Have you ever said something you wish you wouldn't have said? Have you ever done something you wish that you could take it back and say, uh, uh, erase that? I, 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 want to, I don't want to, uh, for that to be acknowledged as part of who I am, right? We've all done something that, that we are not proud of. We have all done something in our past that we wish that we could just take the eraser and, and erase it from our past. And so we, and, and we even know that, uh, you know, when we'd done it, that it wasn't right. And the moment that it happened, we said, Oh God, I wish I could take that back. I wish I could redo that moment. I wish I could resay that right. All right. I got three people honest up in here, rest of you from another planet or something. Amen. Cause all of us have been there, right? We've all done something that that we just said, man, that that was the, the stupidest thing that I've ever done. And if you feel that way, then welcome to this human race. Because you see, everyone has regrets. Why does everyone have regrets? Because no one is perfect. No one is perfect. We all make mistakes. We all say stupid things. We make bad choices. We hurt ourselves. We hurt other people. And the Bible says that you are born into sin and is shaped in iniquity. And we all take on this nature of Adam. Our sins are our birthright. Amen. This is why we have regrets in our life. And that's why I like Psalms 32 so much. David says, you don't have to walk around feeling guilty all the rest of your life because you have been free from all of that. God has something better for you. And he said, blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven. Amen. I want to tell you tonight that religion will tell you that you're a filthy worm. Religion will tell you that you're, you're a scoundrel and, and you're no good and, and all of that. But I want to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that you're the righteousness of God. The Bible says that royalty is in your veins. The Bible says that you are a partaker of His divine nature. And so, yeah, under Adam, you were a shaping in iniquity. And yes, you were in sin. But the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior in your life... He said, all things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And even though that we have sinned, even though that we have fallen short, it's his righteousness and his grace, not that we have merited, but the Bible says he has given it unto us liberally, praise God. And he wants us to know tonight that we are covered with this canopy of grace and of righteousness where I'm not an old scandal and a filthy worm, but I am righteous in christ jesus and because he has made me righteous i can stand pure before him amen amen blessed is the one whose sin the lord will never count against him god doesn't want us living in our past but some of us are carrying around on our shoulders the burdens of regret that god has forgotten about a long time ago but we continue to carry that around. Jesus said in Matthew 28 that if you are tired of carrying the burdens around, he said, bring them to me and I will give you rest. Amen. That thing, things uh, that whenever we look at this, it's because that that's what he died for 2,000 years ago. That's the reason that He came and hung upon a cross. He was already King of Kings, already Lord of Lords. He had nothing to gain by Him coming to the earth and dying upon a cross. But it was because of you and I. It was because of sin. It was because of shame. It was because of regret that He would come and hang upon a cross so that we wouldn't have to carry the regret and the shame and the guilt and the condemnation any longer, but that we could be free, amen, from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? It's sin, it's sickness, it's disease. And so he came to deliver us from sin, sickness, and disease. And from that bondage that sin holds on to our life of guilt and condemnation. And he says, therefore, if the son has set you free, then you are free indeed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I've noticed that there, that we have tendency to do three unhealthy things with regret number one we rationalize them we say oh well it's not so bad it's just a little white lie why you want to put a color on it a lie is a lie amen oh it's just a little hanky panky a little flirting at work it wasn't nothing real big I really couldn't afford it, but it was a good deal. Well, if it's no big deal, then why do we still remember it? Why does it still come to our thoughts at the weirdest, most unexpected times? Why does it still haunt us if it's no big deal? The truth of the matter is, is it's a regret that we haven't got free from. And so when we get ready to move forward, the enemy brings up what we have never asked forgiveness for. Are you with me? He wants to keep on bringing up the past. He wants to keep on bringing up those things of regret so that we will not go forward. Number two, we blame other people. If my wife would've treated me better and loved me a little bit, she's the one that pushed me in the arms of this other woman. Right, It's your fault I lost my temper. If you wouldn't have been acting that way, I wouldn't have got mad. Hit you in the head with a skillet. See what you made me do? We want to pass that on to somebody else. It ain't nothing new. It started in the garden, didn't it? Passing the book to somebody else. It playing it, you know, it's not my fault deal but I want to tell you today that that we can't do that we've got to we've got to own up to and we've got to take amen uh that what we have done we have to own up to it and say you know what I'm going to take responsibility for this I know it was stupid I know it was dumb you know I know that's not proper English and all that but you get the message and we say, we've got to take hold of that, and we've got to say, yeah, it was, it was me, it was my responsibility, it wasn't somebody else, it was me. You remember first pre, or the second President Bush, you know, don't matter about, uh, you know, Democrat, Republican, but I remember whenever he was running for presidency, uh, they started bringing up his past, y'all remember that? And, and they said, what about you getting this DUI in, in 1976? And of course, he didn't want to talk about it at first, but then, you know, what I appreciated about it is, he said, yes, that was me in 1976. But he said, I, I've since then rededicated my life to God and no longer do I drink anymore. If you don't own up to it, then you can't get over it. It'll just keep haunting you. It'll keep tormenting you. Amen. Regardless of, of you know, what your uh, political concepts may be. You have to honor and respect somebody that'll take responsibility for their own actions, right? And and so I want to say to you tonight that we have to take responsibility. We beat, and the third thing that we do is we beat ourselves up over mistakes of our past. We just keep on beating ourselves up. I shouldn't have done that. I, should, I shouldn't have said that. I, I'm, I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I, I, I knew better, but I did it anyways. And I, we keep on beating ourselves up over and over and over. But let me tell you tonight what we need to do is we need to take a mulligan. Y'all know what a mulligan is, huh? All right. A mulligan is when you're playing golf. And the first ball don't go so well. So instead of going and looking for the ball, you reach in your pouch and get you another ball and drop it. I put six of them in each pocket when I played. (laughs) Because I play military golf. Right, left, right, left. But... We have to take a mulligan every once in a while, a do-over, and say, God, you know what? I know I didn't do that right, and I take full responsibility for it, but I stand here today asking you to help me to do better this time, help me to make better decisions, help me to make wiser choices, amen? Sometimes in the Bible, every once in a while, even those people in the Bible do things that they regret. In 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah says, God, I'm uh, no good. Why uh, don't you just kill me right here, right now? I'm no better than my forefathers. David says, I'm not a real man. I'm a worm, Right? And I've, we've already discussed this. This is what religion will do. This is what people, of uh, the spirit of religion, will do to you. It'll want to oppress you. It'll want to make you think that you're no good, and just because you have made a mistake in the past, that you are filthy and you're no good and you can't do things. But I want to tell you tonight that the devil is a liar. All of us have sin and come short of the glory. All of us have done foolish things and made bad decisions in our past. But thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for his love that surpasses all understanding that even while we make those mistakes and failures, like a loving father, he will still embrace us and he will still reach his arms around us and say, listen here, son, listen, daughter, I know you messed up, but you're still in my grace. You're still in my hand and I want to take you to where you need to go. Amen. Praise God. The devil would like for nothing more than you, for you to live the rest of your life with guilt in the past mistakes that you have made. He loves to whisper in your ear and tell you things that like you're no good, and and you can't make it and you can't do it. Who do you think you are? Why are you still going to church? Why are you still worshiping God? Don't you remember? Right? Keeps on. But Jesus is saying the devil is a liar. He is saying that I died for those sins. I died for that regret. I died for that condemnation so that you can have an abundant life. Praise God. 1 John 1 and 9 says that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and willing to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all. Say all. That means all. Amen. In the Hebrew, that means all. In the Greek, that means all. It means all unrighteousness. Whatever we have done, He has come to forgive us of it all. Right? And so what we have to do is we have to uh, understand that we omit those failures we omit those things we get them off of our chest and we say god we give it all to you we we give it to you because we want you to do what we cannot do for ourselves if you're not willing to admit it then you can never get forgiveness if you'll let me say it this you lie to yourself you'll lie to anybody a number of years ago the governor of texas went to a, the Penitentiary there, one of the penitentiaries, and he gave a speech. And after his speech, he, he said that I'll be here and I'll listen to you. And any concerns or anything you want to tell me, I'll be here for you to tell me. And they said that there was a line that uh, that quickly formed. And he said that almost uh, all of them that came one right after another, uh, they would say that there has been a miscarriage in in judgment and justice, and and we shouldn't be here, and we didn't do anything wrong. But he said that there was one man that came to the governor and he looked at him and he said, I'm guilty. I did what they said I did and I'm ashamed of my past. But the years that I've spent in here has helped me to become a better person. And he said, someday when I get out of here, I hope that I can contribute something positive to society. Guess who got pardoned that day? Guess who got, got out of prison that day? When he got back to his office, he wrote a pardon out for that gentleman and he was free before the sun went down that night. I want to tell you that's how quickly you can get free from your regret and your condemnation that whenever we bring it and say, yeah, I'm guilty God. I I did what they said I did. I've been there and I'm ashamed of it, but help me to be better in my future than I've been in my past. It is then that his Holy Spirit will rush to where we are. It will Separate us from that bondage of the sin and iniquity, and will brighten our future, and we will know that we have been pardoned and that we have been free from condemnation. Amen. <laughs> Proverbs 28 and 30, 13 says, Whoever conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. Amen. Remember, which path are you on? Are you on a path of regret or are you headed on a path of joy? Choosing the right path begins with submitting uh, to uh, those uh, that have... Uh, that God has placed in our lives so that we may be able to see that there is a brighter future. We give to God what belongs to Him. We sacrifice and we say, God, this is where I'm at. I know that I'm lost. I know that I'm on a wrong process. But God, I need you to help me. Sometimes people can help you. Sometimes. But sometimes the only one can help you is the Lord. I was lost in the cornfields of Western Ohio one day. And I refused to ask anybody where I was at. I felt like that I was. I seen a movie. I don't even know the name of that movie. But where them crazy people come out of the corn. I was looking for them anytime. Because I couldn't find my way out of there. I felt like I was in a maze. But I refused to uh to stop and ask anybody because I knew they'd see those out-of-state license and just give me another, you know, trail. But sometimes you got to stop and say, where am I? So you can get to where you need to go. When God forgives a person, he forgives them that moment that they ask. God don't say, well, let me think about it. God don't say, well, do you remember when? He says His mercy shows up new every day in our life. Amen. His benefits are loading us down daily. In Psalms 35, David says, I will confess my transgressions and the Lord forgave the guilt of my sin. Amen. You need to believe that you're really forgiven. Believe you're really forgiven. And then walk in that forgiveness. Jeremiah 31 and 34 says, I will remember your sins no more. Amen. He's not up there thinking about a way how that he can make your life miserable. He isn't up there trying to figure out. Now, you remember back in 1986 when you done this? When you've done that, no, He is there saying, I have cast your sins as far as the east is from the west, and I remember them no more against you. Amen? God, you need to know that your God has forgiven you. And the last thing you need to know is, you've got to forgive yourself. It's easier for us to believe that God forgives us than it is for us to forgive ourselves. I wish I had some real people here tonight. Amen. Because God forgives us and it's over. We feel that release. We feel that heaviness. We feel that burden lift off of us. But it's us that can't let go. It's us that has, as I said, Sunday morning, we we remember too good. And we've got to develop a forgetter and forget those things which are behind so that we can get on with what is ahead of us. Amen. And so we've got to forgive ourselves. And that is the hardest part of all. For you to stop beating yourself down after years and years. Uh, of a time of regret but whenever as i said earlier those most unopportune moments in those strangest moments of your life those things will come back up the words that you spoke the deeds that you've done the situation that you were in and, and you only to wish that i could do it over again but you've got to forget as god has forgotten You've got to give it up. You've got to say, forgetting those former things. Do not dwell on the past. Amen. But you've got to say, God, I'm going to give it to you. And here is, I'm going to lay it down. And today, I count it as over in my life. And really, you have started me on a new journey. And from this day forward, I am going to walk in freedom and liberty from regret in my life. Amen. I read about uh, this uh, football game back in 1929. Was anybody alive then? All right, Brother Michael was. Georgia Tech was playing the University of California in the Rose Bowl. And just before halftime, a man named uh, Roy Riggles recovered a fumble for California. They said that somehow he got confused and turned around and he ran 65 yards the wrong way. And they said right before he went into the end zone, one of his own uh, teammates caught him and tackled him so that the points didn't go against them. Now imagine how humiliating that is. The team headed off into the uh locker room and they said that whenever they got in there that uh wriggles he took a blanket and put over his head and his shoulders and said he began to cry like a baby and right before the halftime started the coach uh price said to them the same men that started this game in the first half are the same men they're going to start in the second half and all the players started heading out to the uh to the field except for wriggles And Riggles uh, stayed there with his head covered up. And the coach went over and told him, Pierce said, Price said, did you not hear me? I said, the same men that started this game are going to start in the second half. And Riggles looked up with tears in his eyes and said, coach, I can't go back out there. I've hurt my team. I'm so embarrassed that I can't go back out there and face the crowd. And coach Pierce simply said to him, Roy He said, it's only halftime. There's another half to play. The game is not over. I just want to say to somebody here tonight that it's only halftime. The game is not over. We have all made mistakes. We have all failed. We have all got and run with the ball the wrong direction. But thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. And it's just halftime. We've got another source. We've got another two quarters to play. So let's not cover our heads and, and be like ostriches in the sand. Let's say, God, help me to forget those things which are behind. Go out there and face the enemy and say, greater is He that is in me than the world that has come against me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on and give him praise. Amen. The onlooker said that day that, that Riggles played the greatest second half. of uh, In that second half, he played greater than he ever did in all of his previous games combined. What I want to say to you today is sometimes when we have made mistakes, it causes us to readjust, to refocus, to be able to see what is wrong so that we can grab hold of what is right. And we can make the adjustments at halftime so we can go out and win the game. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, I just pray tonight that that you would just help us to release God the things that you have released. For-